Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on the five-fold ministry. We're going to open up with a word of prayer, and then we're going to start digging into the five ministries which we talked about uh, the terminology for two weeks ago, which were the uh, ministries of the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Uh, This week we are going to focus solely on the ministry of an apostle. Uh, This is probably the most misunderstood ministry whenever it comes to the five, and so this is a good place for us to start. We can get the confusing one kind of under our belt, and then we can move forward from there. Let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll dive on in. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for this day, for this time, for each of my brothers and sisters uh, who have gathered together to uh, take take their walk deeper with you, Lord, to take in uh, to their own hearts a deeper understanding of what these different ministries mean. And Father, I give you praise and I thank you so much for each one, uh, for, for the desire in their heart. And, and I can see, um, I, can, I can just see and sense in their hearts such a great desire not to, uh, not even just to learn, but Father, just to grow with you. And Father, I thank you and I praise you for that. And so Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray over each one, my brother and my sister. I pray, Father, that that you would um, just anoint their ears, Father, that they might be receptive to hear. And Lord, that, that you would uh, bring to light in this session what you need to bring to light to each one of these people. And I give you thanks, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. All God's children said, amen and amen. So today we're going to be looking at the ministry of the apostle. Well, nope, smack my mouth. The ministry of an apostle. Uh, that's point number two, and we're going we're gonna to get to that here in just a second. So what we need to start with is defining the word apostle, just the way that we've been uh, working in the Greek. We're going to look at the Greek word for apostle, which is apostolos. Uh, so kind, it's very close uh, to our English word apostle, and it literally means one who is sent forth. All right. Um, so when we think about the ministry of the apostle today, there's not very many. Uh, I'm gonna keep messing that up. I'm. I'm this is a learning process even for me. Um, so I'm. I'm working right now to train my thought process to begin saying the ministry of an apostle, not the apostle. We're talking modern day. Um, and like I said, I'm going to tackle that in just a minute. But, but as, as we think about, uh, the ministry of an apostle in modern day, it's, it's hard for us to get our, um, grips on something. Whenever we mention the word pastor, it's easier. It's easy for us to uh, get an image in our head. When we say evangelist, it's easier, you know, for us to get an image in our head. But apostle is not quite as easy because whenever we think about, uh, someone who's called an apostle, we instantly think back to the scripture and and we think of a certain group of people. So um, that's that's our definition. I, I want you to, if you're taking notes, really underline the part that says sent forth and and, and let that sink in. Sent forth. That's the key to the ministry of an apostle. 
Now, the reason that I keep getting after myself about accidentally saying the apostle and an apostle, um, the fivefold ministry is very unique. You see, we've talked about um, the five terms, the five ministries inside of the fivefold ministry, and we're going to get in at the end of this course um, why it's so important to recognize all five of these ministries. But what I need you to know is that the reason we can't call a man the apostle is because Jesus Christ is the apostle. Anyone else who is called to apostleship is only an apostle. All right, And, and hopefully you can uh, see the importance of that and see the difference of what we're saying. Um, so... Uh, something that's really unique is that uh, we, when even even as a minister, oftentimes whenever I'm preaching and I bring up Paul, I myself will put words in Paul's mouth by saying Paul the apostle. But actually, if you get into the scriptures that Paul actually wrote, in all of his greetings, he says Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He never says, I'm Paul the Apostle. He says, Paul an Apostle, recognizing that he is one of many people called to apostleship and that Jesus is the Apostle. Jesus is the one who was and is sent forth to provide atoning sacrifice for us. Amen. Uh, So important for us to really really train our thought process um, on on the apostle versus an apostle. As you can hear, I am still working on this myself. Um, it's, it's hard when you get used to saying things in a certain way to change them. And, and so this is one of those things that I know is going to take a little while, but every time that I start talking about apostleship, and I want to say the apostle, I try to catch myself and say, no, no, it's not the apostle that we're talking about in this instance, it's an apostle. So um, we're going to talk about some of the apostles that are mentioned in the Bible, excuse me, and um, we're going to just kind of take a look at, you know, who they were and, and These are names that you're probably going to recognize. I don't know that you will have them all memorized. If you don't have them all memorized, I'm going to urge you to go ahead and memorize them. Um, These are the 12 apostles of the Lamb. They're also called the disciples, the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. So, if you're taking notes, you want to write them out. Their names are Peter. James, John, Andrew, Matthew, Philip, Nathaniel, Thomas, Judas called Thaddeus, Simon, James, son of Alphaeus, and Judas Iscariot. Something that is very important is that when you write this list, no matter, um, you know, no matter where you find a list of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Peter is always first, and Judas Iscariot is always last. 
And, and so as you write your own list out, as you begin to memorize their names, I want you to make sure that you're always starting with Peter and ending with Judas Iscariot. Um, other than that, I personally, uh, as I memorized them, I was not convicted to learn them in any other particular order. Um, I just was, I was, I was strongly urged, and I guess you would say convicted in my spirit to learn them, beginning with Peter and ending with Judas Iscariot, and everybody else fell in the middle. So, uh, if you if you need me to run over those one more time so that you can finish out your list, I'll do it once more. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Matthew, Philip, Nathaniel, Thomas, Judas called Thaddeus, Simon, James son of Alphaeus, and Judas Iscariot. So those are the twelve apostles of the Lamb. All right, um, but now we have an idea of who some of the apostles were. No, 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 no. We have an idea of who some apostles were, and and these are, if if you wanted to call these particular twelve the apostles of the Lamb, just make sure that you always categorize them. Um, if you're going to start with that the make sure to finish with the lamb. That way there's, uh, there's no crossing of your terminology. But this is now a list of 12 of um, the apostles who are mentioned in the scripture. And, and there are several more, um, but these are probably the most popular uh, other than, of course, Paul, who wrote a good chunk of the New Testament and he's often identified as an apostle. But now we have this list and and we can think about these guys and if you've ever studied the lives of any of them and the ministries of any of them, then you probably have a decent idea of, you know, what their ministry looked like. Uh, If you ever studied the life of Paul, which the life of Paul is a very in-depth study and i I would venture to guess very few people have chosen to study Paul's life on their own unless they're working on a theology degree uh, just to have a you know vast understanding of how his ministry really functioned. But uh, now that we know that um, an apostle an, an apostle, excuse me, is one who is sent forth, I guess what we need to do is, kind of get a better grip on how the apostle functions. Um, Of course, what we keep coming back to in this course is the fivefold ministry as operates in the local church, Uh, because without the local church, the global church um, wouldn't have quite the reach that it really has. And, you know, I, I try to be cautious. I don't overemphasize Um, the importance of the local church because I recognize that there is importance in the New Testament especially um, for things such as house churches which I'm a part of and then um, but but in addition to those uh, meeting houses meeting in houses in homes 
there are also times in which they go to temples and synagogues and and they meet together in otherwise structured buildings to uh, teach and to worship. And and so for this particular class, there's other classes that will be taught um, that are focused more so on just the home church, which we tend to consider the New Testament style church. Um, but for, for this course, we're going to look primarily at the local church, meaning our our local meeting houses, where we go Sunday to Sunday. So how does an apostle minister in a local church? Well, um, some of the functions of an apostle, and we're just, I'm only going to give you, I think, seven here. And and the reason I'm going to keep it at seven is because I, I don't want to totally overwhelm your mind. But some of the things that apostles do in the local church, they're part of appointing elders. So we talked about elders. We talked about how elders are qualified and how they're, um, you know, defined in the in the Greek. And, and we compared them to bishops and, um, you know, we got into all of that. And so I think you've got a good understanding of the role of an elder as one who is... For a back of for a lack of better term, I guess you might call them uh, a, a minister's assistant, um, just somebody that kind of helps to carry the load and and keep watch over the flock. So the apostle is one of the people who helps to appoint elders to set elders in place in the local church. An apostle will also lay the foundations in a local church. Um, an apostle, because of of, of the fact that the and oh no, because of the fact that an apostle is uh, going to be appointing elders and laying foundations, we have to make sure that an apostle is of sound doctrine. Okay, um, and and that's going to take us back to our qualifications. We'll get to those um, here in a few minutes, but we have to make sure that an apostle is of sound doctrine, that uh, he's not a new convert, that he's not, um, you know, trying to build a, a foundation for a local church off of his convictions and his convictions alone, but that he's truly laying foundations in the local church based out of scripture and, and truly, truly based on God's call. An apostle, because of this, um, because of these last three functions, has to be rather bold. Um, anybody that's called into a ministry knows there is always opposition whenever anything is going to change, and an apostle is a game changer. And an apostle is going to come in and, and um, you know, going to walk up to that hole that's dug and start laying blocks in the foundation and people are going to get a little bit upset because they don't think that that's quite the shape that the building should be. And, and the apostle, nope, an apostle says, because of what the apostle says, this has to be the shape. It's, this is uh, rooted in the word of God. This is how things have to be set up. And, um, and, and, and so there's a, huge holy boldness 
that comes in the ministry of an apostle. And, and to continue to build on this, an apostle relies heavily, relies heavily on revelation knowledge and hearing God's voice. And if you've read um, my book concerning hearing God's voice called When He Speaks, you know that I refer to that in the Greek called rhema. Um, and that's as, that's as I was taught as well. Um, and it's, it's understanding that God speaks clearly into our spirits and that when he speaks, we recognize his voice and, and we are able to um, differentiate quickly and thoroughly was that my voice speaking? Was it the voice of the enemy or was it God? And, and so an apostle, as, as he ministers, as he or she lays this foundation and appoints elders, is going to be relying on this revelation knowledge, is going to be relying on hearing God's voice. All of this so that he or she can build a foundation well. Um, If any of you are familiar with uh, building houses or building any kind of a structure, then perhaps you know that uh, you're not going to walk to a construction site and see that someone has laid a foundation and just begin building on that foundation uh, if you weren't a part of laying the foundation. You, uh, when, when you start a project and, and you're constructing a building, if you're not the one that set the foundation, you don't actually know how strong the foundation is. And so it's hard for you then to determine if it's safe to build. And, and hopefully you're kind of tying that piece together. I'm not a, um, I'm, I'm nowhere near a construction engineer. I'm nowhere near an engineer at all. I truly am, am called into ministry and, and my knowledge of construction is very, very little. But as I, as I studied this particular ministry, it seemed that um, God continued to give me these visions of, of how a structure is built. And, and I have a basic enough knowledge of structural building. Uh, I would not trust myself to build a, a physical structure because uh, I'm not very good at measurements and things like that. But, but I, I have the basic understanding of, of where it starts. It starts with the hole. And, uh, you know, once the hole's dug, then you can start with the block. And well, at least I think you can start with the block. Uh, and then once the block is set and it's had time to cure, then you start building the structure from there. But I, I just consider if a construction engineer would come up and see that there was a foundation sitting here and there was a sign out front that said, abandoned, do with as you please, what would the construction engineer be left to do? Um, he might thoroughly inspect it, but I don't know that he would be comfortable to say, okay, well, I think it looks okay. I don't actually know what material they used here. 
I don't know um, where they got the material. I don't know if it was old, if it was new, if it was laying around in somebody's yard. He would probably not build on someone else's foundation. And, and that's part of the ministry of the apostle is he's going to, he or she is going to lay the foundation and then begin the building. All right. Um, to go along, I'm, I'm kind of going to backtrack this one, to go along with appointing of elders. Part of the ministry of an apostle is also impartation of gifts. This goes hand in hand. Uh, and so in a way, it's backtracking, but it's also not backtracking. It goes hand in hand with building the local church from, from the start, from scratch. And, and this isn't saying that an apostle is a carpenter. But this is talking spiritual foundations in a church. Uh, so if you are gifted in the ministry of an apostle, then perhaps what's going to happen in your ministry is that you're going to go um, to a local church that is entirely broken. Uh, or, or you might be what they call a church planter. And so you're not necessarily going to go out with your hammer and your nail and construct the church building. But what you're going to do is, is you're going to start laying a spiritual foundation in, in, the, in the church, in the local church among people. You're going to appoint the elders through sound doctrine and impartation of gifts, spiritual gifts that is, while you're relying on revelation knowledge uh, from God for you to boldly minister and effectively do these things. So hopefully uh, all of that kind of clears up the ministry of an apostle. One last thing that it's really important for us to get a grip on is the fact that an apostle is not sent of himself. Yes, they are sent of God, but it's important that an apostle has a background. Um, it's... And, when, when someone is called to the ministry of an apostle, it's pretty safe to assume that they have been in church and, and probably raised in church. They've been uh, walking with God closely for some time, and, and they, have, they have people behind them. They have, they have that local church support. They have... Uh, what, what I'm going to call a safety net underneath of them so that um, they're, not, they're not coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, I'm an apostle and I'm here to lay a foundation in this church, so y'all just listen to me and I'll get you where you need to go. And then once I think you're where you need to go, I'm going to boogie on three states away and you'll never see me again. Have fun. That's not quite what's going to happen. Um, so an apostle is going to come and he, he's going to be affiliated, he or she's going to be affiliated with another church. Uh, this apostle is going to be a person who is under an authority. So we, we're not going to say that an apostle is the authoritative figure inside of a local church, but but an apostle, as he or she serves in that area, is going to be under the authority of primarily God and secondarily another 
minister, we'll, we'll say a mentor, if you will. Uh, because, of course, uh, in inside of this ministry, we're going to see that there's not the hierarchy system that we want to put in place. It's We're going to call it a network. And, and a network is a broad spectrum where everything's on one level. There's no build upon build upon build. Um, there's, there's no stack work. A network is just a widespread body of connections. And, and so an apostle is going to be part of that network. And, and he'll be working with, but we're not even going to say under authority. We're going to say he's, he or she's going to be working with other authority. All right. Uh, qualifications of an apostle. If you're taking notes, if you um, have your notepad and, and um, you can flip back a page to lesson two when we talked about the functionality of the church and we defined the qualifications of elders and bishops and deacons uh, from the book of Titus and 1 Timothy. You can just go back and um, you know maybe just jot down in this session's notes, qualifications are same as elders. So, you know, they, they need to be blameless. They need to be of good report, slow to anger, sober-minded, temperate, hospitable, patient, things like that. A few extras, we're going to say, uh, for, for the qualifications of an apostle. And it's not that... Um, it's not so much that we need extra qualifications. These are just things that are going to come with the current qualifications that are given. Um, so, so I guess you would call these not really even extra qualifications, but more so signs exhibited because of the qualifications. An apostle is as we just said, not going to be sent of himself. Um, so that's how, you, that's how you're going to delineate whether or not this man is a true apostle or a false apostle, just like um, there are false prophets, there are also false apostles. Uh, if, if you have an apostle come into your local church and he is strictly sent of himself, you need to watch carefully and... Um, really get into God's presence, really listen for God's voice, and ensure that there's an affiliation because if he if he or she comes in the church and says, oh no, I have no affiliation, I just think that God's called me to be an apostle and I'm here to do this, well, then elders, deacons, and uh, shepherd of the flock, you need to come together, be a meeting of the minds, and really seek God's voice and you need to really be uh, weighing heavily on revelation knowledge and rhema or God's voice uh, and and you really need to practice in discernment to see what you need to do and um, whether you should allow this person to minister and lay foundations in your local church so not going to be sent of himself something that you will see in this person is a servant's heart all right, um, it, it's I, I to me personally a servant's heart is always very apparent, 
and and that may not be the case for everyone but whenever i see people i i sort of watch with my spiritual eyes how they uh, how they walk and talk and you know mingle among others and when whenever i watch and observe i can see clearly if they have a servant's heart or if they um, do not frankly and and so that's one of the things that we're going to see in the ministry of an apostle is is a servant's heart we're going to see the heart of a father why because as as an apostle when when you're laying a foundation in a local church you're you're not fathering them per se but but your job is you know you're you're laying a foundation just like a father would lay a foundation in a child's life and then build on that foundation that's the ministry of an apostle is is to lay the foundation and then build on that foundation so there's a heart of a father um and and of course i'm using masculine term there but that's it's the same we we can even call it the heart of a parent uh, because women are are called to apostleship as well as males and so we'll we'll say the heart of a parent it's easier for us to say the heart of a father because we instantly think of the heart of our heavenly father whenever we uh discuss things like this but we'll say uh, the heart of a parent and then finally uh, one of the last things that's going to be exhibited is that this person's going to walk in humility they're not going to come in the church and you know see well who can i buddy up with who's got money and uh, let's see that oh well they look like they have a lot of influence here they're talking with the pastor week after week i could probably uh have dinner with them a time or two and probably be able to uh, wiggle my way up the ladder. And no, that's not the way they're going to work. They're, it's uh, An apostle's going to walk in humility, um, not looking for deceitful gain, not looking um, with the love of money, not not doing anything but, but walking with Christ. And, and they're going to be exem- exemplifying the life of Christ as they walk out. Uh, their call. So those are some of the exhibition qualities which are going to come. I'm going to give you the scriptures which you need to study throughout this week. Uh, So if you have your Bibles open, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians. I got to get there myself. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to read verse 28. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. And uh, here's this list of ministry giftings again. And actually, we're going to start in um, verse 27. So if you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through... um, Well, we'll just finish the chapter. uh, 27 through 31. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. 
all right? Um, so you see the list is a little bit different here in the book of 1 Corinthians than it is in Ephesians. And if uh, we're going to turn back to Ephesians here in just a minute, and we're going to read that version of the list. Uh, but, but what I want you to do this week is I want you to spend time in prayer. I'm going to give you another prayer challenge. I want you to um, study this this scripture and, and pray through it. There's four scriptures that we're going to do. Maybe take uh, today's Monday, and this is uh, the day that the podcast will drop and the, and the session is uh, being completed. But I want you to um, take one day one day for each of these scriptures. And and when you get up in the morning, I want you to read the scripture, pray it over, or if you prefer to do it at the evening, do it in the evening. But I want you to spend time in each one of these four scriptures, and, that, and that's not even going to be the full week, so you only need four days set aside to do this prayer challenge. And it's, it's not going to take you know, half hour, 40 minutes. If it does, that's fine. But this could be, you know, just a couple minutes while you're getting ready in the morning or, or getting ready for bed at night. So just pray through that scripture. Um, because it, it's a, it's an assurance that you are part of it. And, and so kind of can, to continue the prayer challenge from last week, where do you fit? What's your, what's your function? Continue that. And, and see what God wants to reveal to you regarding that scripture. So now let's go uh, back to Ephesians chapter 4. And this should sound familiar to you. Um, it's just, I, I guess this is kind of the scripture of this course. Ephesians 4.11, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Uh, so that was 11 through 13. But that's, that's just kind of the list. And uh, for whatever day you choose to do the prayer challenge for that scripture, I want you to pray through um, the the last little bit and just just spend some time with God asking about reaching unity in faith and, and have him expose to you where you are at in that um, because you're you're a part of of this fivefold ministry whether you're called to one of these giftings or not um, if, if you're called to one of these five that's awesome and this should be very helpful as a course to you. If you do not recognize that you are called to any of these five, if you are called um, just to, you know, service in some other facet, all, I believe that all Christians are truly called to service, whether it's just called to be uh, an intercessor or, um, you know, called to be a, what, what I guess... I might call a visiting elder. Uh, no matter where God has called you, no matter where God has called you, pray through it and ask, 
how can I do my part until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature? All right. Um, next scripture that I want you to pray through comes from Hebrews chapter 3, just verses 1 and 2, and it says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Okay, uh, this, this is the important scripture uh, that goes with our second point of today's session, which was the importance of the apostle versus an apostle. This shows us that Jesus was our apostle, is our apostle. Jesus is the one who lays the foundation in our hearts and, and begins to build off of that foundation. And so I want you to pray um, this week as you study this scripture. I want you to pray and just begin to ask God to daily fix your eyes on him. All right. Uh, and, and that seems kind of silly, I guess, to some people. You would say, oh, I, I do daily fix my eyes on God, but you know what? We are humans, and this flesh being of ours just doesn't cut it sometimes. And, and I would be lying to say that I don't have to pray and say, God, fix my eyes on you right now. Uh, put blinders on me around the world. Uh, take guard over my heart, over my mouth, over my ears, and, and just allow me to see you in all that I do this day. That's my prayer uh, so that I myself don't become distracted in things and and let my eyes wander off of Jesus uh, when, when we when we let our eyes wander off of Jesus we're prone to uh, sin of the flesh we're prone to anger hostility depression we're, we're prone to those things and, and if we just fix our eyes on Jesus I'm not going to tell you that fixing your eyes on Jesus is not going to is, is going to keep you from getting mad or sad or depressive. That's, that's not the case here. But um, if, you, if you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you'll just be one step ahead. So make that your prayer for that scripture. The final scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 30. And uh, this, is, this is the closing scripture so so important to the ministry of an apostle and very important to the lives of each one of us as a believer and it says by myself I can do nothing I judge only as I hear and my judgment is just for I seek not to please myself but him who sent me and 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 those words are especially powerful because they are written in red that indicates that these are the words of Jesus Christ himself and if Jesus was the one who said by myself i can do nothing if 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 Jesus himself could do nothing of his own accord where does that put you and i because remember that Jesus was fully god and fully human he was, he was fully God and fully man. And yet he said, I can do nothing of myself. I judge only as I hear. That's hear from God the Father. And, and as he judged 
by hearing God the Father, his judgment was just. He didn't seek to please himself, he sought to please God. And that, that's the call in our lives, is God wants us, he designed us for his pleasure and, and for communion with him. And so I want you to pray through that scripture and, and just really ask God to uh, begin to strengthen your heart and strengthen your walk with him and uh, just just show you how much you truly depend on him. So that's going to conclude our lesson on the ministry of an apostle. If you have any questions, please feel free uh, to get a hold of me, to come up and ask questions. I'm, I'm more than happy to answer the questions for you. I am more than happy to um, pray with you if, if you think that you are called to the ministry of an apostle. If, if you want help um, praying through that to discern it, I'll be more than happy to pray with you for that. But just let me know. Just come up. Um, you know, if it's later in the week, give me a call, send me a text, and just say, hey, uh, I've been thinking about this, and I just, I just really want you to pray with me. That's fine. I am, I am more than happy, and I've, I've, I think I've made that pretty apparent in the last couple of weeks that that's, that's what I want to do. I'm, I'm here to help you grow, and I'm excited that you've chosen to take this class and grow with it. So uh, let's go ahead and close with a quick word of prayer, and then uh, we will see you in a week for the ministry of a prophet. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you once more for this day and for this time. I praise you, Lord God, that uh, my brothers and sisters have have received this word. I pray, Lord God, that uh, you would just begin to minister into their hearts this week as they set aside the days for the prayer challenge. I ask, Father, that you alone would just minister into their hearts, speak clearly into their minds, Lord God, uh, concerning these things. And Father, that as they come into your presence to seek your face, Lord, that you would just overwhelmingly, Lord, overwhelmingly be uh, present among them. Father, that, that they would have no doubt that you are truly with them and speaking to them. And Father, I just ask that as you speak into their hearts and into their minds, that they would um, just just write write out what you say, Lord God, that they might not forget or, or lose sight of it, but Father, that they would hold on to those words as, as a hope for a future with you. I thank you and praise you and I give you glory for this time. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, amen and amen. God bless you all and I'll see you in a week.